Hey, y'all. My name's Ryan Nixon, and uh, I've had the privilege over the last four months just to jump in with the re-engage team from a staff perspective. I've uh, been on staff here at Watermark for the last four years, but um, back in May, I got to jump in uh, with Susan Cox and John and others and Robert and just uh, been a blessing being a part of just what God's doing here within Reengage, um, because because of the truth of the gospel and because of the hope of the gospel, um, you know myself and others are able to come up here and share with you just stories of redemption and how God's still at work. Um, and I'm excited just to share with you guys tonight a little bit about myself. Um, I've been married to my sweet bride. Uh, Callie. Uh, We've been married for eight years now, um, and she is just uh, the love of my life and just a blessing in so many different ways. And we've got two little girls. Uh, We've got uh, Davy Kate right there. She's four, um, and then Evie Lee is two, um, and there's one more picture of them. And uh, they have just been a source of of joy in our life and also adding a whole lot of chaos, Um, but we love them uh, dearly. And and so I'm going to pray again and just ask God just to um, just bless this time that we have and that he just use uh, just the story that he's written in my life uh, just to encourage you guys. Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and that even though we are wretched sinners, even though I'm a wretched sinner, um, you sent your son to die for me and to redeem me out of my poor choices and out of the sin and destruction that I led myself to. Um, Lord, that you, through myself and through so many others, offer hope uh, because of the story of redemption that you've written on our lives. Uh, we love you, Lord. Amen. We're going to start off with Psalm 32, 3 through 4, and it says, For when I kept silent, about, when I kept silent my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. For day and night your hand, the hand of the Lord, was heavy, heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. You know, this was my experience um, for, for a majority of my life and my struggle with the sin of uh, pornography, lust, and masturbation and uh, continued to be something that just brought me to a place um, of destruction and pain and suffering that I inflicted upon myself. Um, and it, it led me to a place where I wasn't experienced the fullness of, of Christ that he desired for my own life and also in my marriage. Um, and though I know that some of you guys, y'all struggle may not be um, with lust or pornography, um, but all of us struggle with sin. And so you could kind of fill in the blank with whatever sin struggle you're experiencing right now, and, and hopefully you'll be able to rate, relate with my story. Um, I came to Christ um, at a very early age. I was 11 years old and, and trusted Christ at a Christian sports camp in Branson, Missouri. Um, but uh, there was no Christian community for myself when I went back home and when I was living uh, with my family. Um, and so I didn't have anybody to, to show me what it looked like to follow Christ. Um, and, and so for myself, I was introduced with, um, with some friends to pornography from a very early age. It started off with a video that we found, um, which kind of moved into me trying to sneak away late at night to go see what was on HBO or Cinemax, um, which led into a, a long-standing struggle um, and just failing to the internet pornography and everything that comes with that. Um, and throughout junior high and high school and into college, like I was completely consumed and owned um, by this temptation. Um, since I was a believer in Christ, the sin also brought immense guilt and shame um, and, and just uh, an attitude that I, I did not want anybody in the world to know about uh, what was happening behind closed doors for me. 
Um, outwardly, I, I was this good Christian guy. I, I was growing in so many different ways um, as far as they thought in my relationship with the Lord. But inwardly, um, I was experiencing death and destruction because of this sin. Um, and I spent many nights, you know, after giving myself over to this sin with heartfelt prayers of, Lord, like, help me to stop doing this. And, and promising God that I'd never do it again, you know, only to find myself the following week giving myself over to this sin struggle. And this cycle and lifestyle continued um, throughout high school and into college. And it wasn't until my senior year of college um, that, that I started to find some freedom. And, and how that came about is um, started to meet with a group of guys um, in college that, that started to openly share about their own struggles um, with lust and pornography. Um, but even in the midst of that, like I, I thought we were, and we all thought we were being really open and honest um, with our confession. Um, but one of the things uh, that happened for us is that confession for us and confession for me for the next 10 years, even after college, even as I was spending time in small groups and in community and things like that, um, I wasn't confessing the way that God desires us to confess. Confession for me really looked very vague and that we'd come together each week and I'd share with a group of guys saying, hey, I've just been struggling this week, um, messed up, and, and just want you guys to pray for me. And, and, and what I found myself doing over the course of those 10 years after college and even into marriage um, was confessing this area of sin in my life enough to where it appeased the group that I was with um, and sharing enough details to where they would be satisfied that, hey, thank you for sharing, and, and, and they'd appreciate my open and honesty with them. Um, but I was managing the information um, about this sin and not letting them fully into what was going on in my life. Um, you know, and throughout those years, I, I found a little bit more victory over this struggle, um, but was still losing to this battle on a regular basis. Um, which even kind of moved itself into marriage. Um, and as uh, my wife Callie and I got married, uh, she knew about this struggle and what it looked like in the past, um, but she didn't know what that struggle looked like currently in my life. And at this point, this was around uh, nine years ago, eight years ago, um, I was in full-time ministry. I had been a Christian for 16-plus years, um, you know, married to a beautiful woman, a woman who loves the Lord and who loved me dearly, um, and I was at a place, again, of just guilt and shame and not understanding God's grace and the truth of the gospel um, to where it just kept me in this cycle of trying to manage my own sin and not walk in the freedom that Christ offers us. And there was even times within the early years of our marriage um, to where my wife would ask me about how I was doing with that struggle and, and I'd offer her half-truths. Um, and really what that means is that I'd just lie to her and I'd deceive her with what was going on. Um, and there was even a particular time to where I shared a little bit of the struggle and she even asked me, hey, thank you so much for sharing. Is that everything? And I said, yes. And then 30 minutes went by, came back to her and said, hey, there's some more I need to share with you. Is that everything? Yes, absolutely everything. 30 minutes went by, came back to her, shared a little bit more. And even to where we went to bed that night, her hurt to where we woke up the next morning and me saying, hey, there's some more that I need to share with you about what's been going on lately. Um, and she was heartbroken. And she wasn't heartbroken over um, the sin of lust, um, but it was over me not um, being open and honest with her and that there was a level of trust that had been broken between us. Um, and that, that continued on to um, about four years ago. 
Uh, and it was about four and a half years ago to where, again, would have different seasons of victory in, in the area of, of lust and pornography. Um, but about, for about a span of six months, was just giving myself over um, to this sin. Um, and, and I was just tired of the deceit. I was tired of just the lies that I was offering to the guys who were in my community group and to my wife. And just also just the sin and that, that secretness was just eating up inside of me like it talks about in Psalm 32. And so finally I came to a place to where I humbly came before my wife um, and openly and honestly came before her and my community group and just shared with what had been going on over the past six or seven months um, and how I'd been deceptive towards them and wasn't being honest with them um, in that sin. Um, and, and I was so afraid uh, of what was going to happen as I shared with them and kind of let this fully out and, and into the light. Um, but even though there was hurt, um, because of how I'd been deceiving them, um, they accepted me and they extended me grace and love and mercy. And, and we sat right over there in the tower in one of those little rooms that some of you guys may be sitting in for about an hour and a half and just talked about just the truth of the gospel um, and the hope that Christ offers us. And then just began to talk about, hey, what are some practical next steps for us to take, for me to take? Um, and, and one was just me realigning my heart with Christ and decided, hey, the best next thing for me was to go to, to Regen. And again, I didn't want to go to Regen because I felt like that was for people who were really struggling. And I'm in full-time ministry, and I'm about to start being on staff at Watermark. And what are people going to think? And it was, time to, it was time to die to some of that pride. Um, and then we also just talked about some practical steps of just putting boundaries in place. Like, what are some boundaries that I needed for that next season? Uh, and for me, it was, it was getting rid of my iPhone. It was cutting off access at, at home um, and then making sure that I communicated uh, everything, you know, to my new employers and guys that I'd be working with up here at Watermark and in the IT department and say, hey, is, we want to make sure that he's safe and he's, uh, you know, not being tempted. Um, and it was, it was through that and through the truth of the gospel that, that I was able to experience from the guys in my community group and my wife and, and also the truths that I, that I came to learn and understand through, through regeneration and then also guys that I was working with on staff um, that I began to find victory um, and hope and life, um, not just from this sin struggle, but more so through trying to manage my own sin. Um, and, and I can tell you that um, over the last four years, like, it has not been perfect. Like, I've made poor choices um, with, with what I've allowed my eyes to look at. Um, you know, but what has changed has been a continual transformation of my confession, you know, with the guys that are in my life and with people who are in my life, of seeking to be open and honest, to be quick to confess, um, and also be specific about um, what's been going on in my life. Um, and so what I want to share about now is just kind of three points about this idea of confession. Um, because everybody in this room has a different sin struggle that they say, hey, here's something that's kept me in bondage over these last, this last year, 10 years, 20 years. Um, but for many of us, you know, a part of our healing and our hope and the thing that I was missing for so many years was just biblical confession. And so we're going to talk about, you know, why is it so important that we confess our sin? What biblical confession really looks like? And then maybe what are some next steps for us that are in this room? And so why is it so important that we confess sin? Um, we've got this verse, 1 John 1, 6 through 10. It says, If we say we have fellowship with him, being God, 
while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive, our, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then another great passage, you know, if you have a pen and want to write this down, is just Proverbs 28, 13. It says, he, whoever conceals his sin will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes it, renounces it, will obtain mercy. And so a couple reasons why it's important that we confess sin in our lives um, is that sin separates us relationally. You know, if you are, have not put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ, like it separates you from God um, and, and being a child of God. And it's not until we confess it and seek forgiveness from God and trust in God for salvation that we can find, you know, begin to find healing and hope. But even as a believer, like sin separates us from God and it separates us, us from experiencing the fullness of that fellowship that God desires for us. Like he desires to be in an intimate relationship with us and, and he can't extend life and love and hope that he desires to when we're trying to find life and love and hope in someone other than him. And sin also breaks us relationally, you know, with those that, we're, um, that we love and that we're uh, our spouse, you know, friends, family, folks in our community group. That when sin is our life, it drives a wedge between us relationally. And then also another reason why it's so important to confess sin is that unconfessed sin, it keeps us from experiencing the life that God desires us to experience. You know, just like, like it talked about in Psalm 32, you know, that when I did not confess my sin, when I kept silent about it, my bones wasted away. And then another reason is that as we confess sin, there's just this reality that as we reveal and let the light of Christ and the light of the body of Christ into our lives, that revealing brings healing. And it's not through revealing the stuff that's going on in our lives. Like we will not experience the healing that, that God desires for us and that we desire for ourselves. And so what does biblical confession look like? And this is what I didn't know, or maybe that I didn't want to experience um, for 10 plus years um, of my life and walking with Christ. So biblical confession, um, and I'm going to run through these four. It, it, it's, it's when you do it humbly, you do it quickly, you confess authentically and specifically. And here's what I mean by that. Um, is that we, we need to, when we have sinned against someone else, or if there's been a long-standing sin that you have not confessed, we need to humbly come before God and before someone that we, tr- that we trust and, and before the person that we've offended and, and let them know um, that, that we are sorry um, for, for how we've wronged them. That we recognize that because of our choices that we've hurt God and that we've hurt them and that we need to come to them with a humble attitude and a humble heart. First Peter 5 says, um, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so we need to be humble as we come to one another. And then also we need to do it quickly. Um, Matthew five twenty three it just talks about, hey, if, if you have an offering that you want to present to God, you know, before you go and present your offering to God, before you go and try to connect with God and worship God, and you remember that 
someone has an offense against you, you need to go quickly to that person that you've offended and reconcile with them before you try to worship God. Because we can't separate when there's disconnect and hurt between us and someone else and disconnect and hurt and and, and us trying to worship God. Like those go hand in hand. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself are not, you know, two separate commands. We can't do one without the other. Um, And so when when we've wronged someone else, we want to do it quickly before we even try to engage in in worshiping and, and just spending time with our Lord. And so we want to do it quickly. Um, and so when you wrong someone, when you've done something that hurts your spouse, um, you want to go as quickly as you can to them and confess to them and, and seek their forgiveness. And, and authentically and specifically go hand in hand, because I thought for 10 years I was being open and honest with my sin and as I confessed it. Um, but what it looks like to be honest and specific um, is, is that you share um, as much detail as those who you're confessing with desire to know. And so for me, so many years, it just looked like, hey, I've been struggling lately and, and I messed up a couple times. You know, will you guys pray for me? And what that needed to look like was, guys, I have been struggling this week. And, and on Monday and Wednesday uh, this past week, I, I looked at pornography. Um, and, 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 and I looked at it with my computer or my iPhone or it was on TV or whatever else. And just being open and honest with that sin. And, but what we do need to know is that there's a difference between being specific and being graphic. And so as you want to share as much details as maybe your small group of guys or your group here at Reengage or even your spouse may want to know, um, we don't want to share details that would cause someone else to stumble. Um, and then also we don't want to share any details that would be harmful to someone else. And so as, as my wife and I were walking through this struggle with myself, um, there was a time that I confessed to her that, that I'd, um, you know, looked at some things on the internet and she wanted to know specifically, um, you know, who I was looking at. Um, and I said, I told her, I said, hey, I would, I would, I'm willing to share that with you, um, but I'd ask that you just go talk to the girls that are in our small group and see if they feel like that's most beneficial. And if they say so, you know, I, I agree to do that. Um, and she went and talked to the girls and they agreed that it wasn't best um, and so we just left it at that. Um, and so, you know, with that, as you're sharing, the offendee wants to be um, willing to share whatever the other person wants to hear. Um, but also we want to help each other as we're confessing sin to one another um, to really understand like, hey, what's most beneficial for you, you know, in this situation? And guys, there's so many other aspects of this idea of confession and, and seeking forgiveness, asking forgiveness, reconciliation, real building trust that like we're not going to talk about like tonight. But just know that within your, your small groups and within the curriculum of reengage, like you, you hit on that. Um, but just, you know, a few um, small points that for the offended party, like you want to understand for yourself, what does it look like for you to help create a safe place um, for your spouse to fail? with whatever the area of sin is, what does it look like for you to create a safe place, um, to thank them for being open and honest and being willing to to confess, um, to being gracious towards them, um, and and wanting to move towards forgiveness. Um, And then also just this idea of of asking forgiveness, that it's not just telling someone that, hey, I'm sorry, but that you look at someone and say, hey, here's how I've wronged you. Will you forgive me for how I've wronged you? You know, I got to do that just, I get to do it probably every week with my wife. And just this last week, we were um, on vacation. We were coming home from a date, and, and, and I, I said something to her that really wounded and hurt her. 
Um, and normally that happens when I'm trying to be funny, and I'm not that funny. Um, and it's just something that just hurts her there. And I just got to come to her and say, hey, I'm really sorry for saying this to you. Will you forgive me? I recognize how much that hurts you. Um, and so here's some next steps that may be for, for you, um, like there were next steps for me. Some of you guys in here have unconfessed sin. Some of you guys are, are on week 15 or 16, and there's still stuff in your life that you've not confessed to your spouse or to your group or to someone that you trust. And what I want to encourage you guys with is don't move past today. You know, don't go too long without exposing that sin that is in your life and in letting the light of Christ, the light of forgiveness and grace, and the light of the body of Christ to come in and begin to walk alongside you with whatever you're dealing with right now. And so if you have unconfessed sin in your life, like you need to go to someone that you trust. If, if, you, don't feel, if you feel like you can share that with the group, like that would be great. If, you, if you're not ready for that, you know, talk to your leader. Talk to someone if you're in a community group or small group. Find someone that you trust and do that quickly. The longer that you take to do it, the more you'll buy the lie that it's not worth sharing and the more that Satan will have victory over you in this area. You know, some of you guys uh, and, and gals, pornography might be a part of your past story and your current struggles and your current temptations. And so just encourage you guys to confess that, get it into the light and begin to walk with Jesus and walk in newness of life. And then also just recognize that for a lot of us, sometimes we need safeguards and boundaries in our life to help us find freedom and victory. Now, now we don't put our hope in those safeguards. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and the truth of the gospel. But for me, I I needed boundaries like removing access to the internet and and removing my smartphone and other things like that so that I could uh, begin to have you know, a week, two weeks, a month, two months um, of sobriety and victory so that I wasn't so much focusing on fighting the sin and that I could focus on walking with Jesus, loving my wife, and loving others well. And so for y'all, some of it might be cutting off access. And there's a lot of great opportunities just with internet filters like Covenant Eyes and, and internet blockers and other things like that that you can look into and that your re-engaged leaders um, and, and us would love to come alongside and help you put those boundaries in place. Um, and so for some of you guys, too, after you finish up with Reengage, um, you know, the best next thing for you might be to go to Regeneration and just experience, um, you know, newness of life um, in Christ and recovery in Christ when life is broken. Um, and guys, we want y'all to know, no matter what your sin struggle is, like your re leaders and the open group leaders and us as a ministry are here to come alongside you, to walk alongside you um, in whatever's going on in your life. And God already knows what's going on in your life. And he sent his son to die and to pay the price that you deserve and rise from the grave to offer you newness of life. And so the question is just, will you trust him um, with whatever's going on inside of you? And so I'm going to pray for us and, and just, uh, just want you to know that for 10 plus years, and really even longer than that, um, I was held in bondage to this sin um, and it was held in even deeper bondage to this idea that I needed to manage my own sin um, because of fear of man and, and pride and my own reputation. And, and don't go another day experiencing that. Lord Jesus, just come before you and thank you so much for the men and women that are in this room and that they've entrusted us with their Wednesday night. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you would help them to find freedom and hope in the truth of the gospel and freedom and hope um, in just in confession. 
And that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.